0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back, and welcome back to another episode of Real Talks. I'm your host, David Steele, and I'd like to welcome back my co-host, Ian Cargard. This is our sixth episode in a long line of them that will span over the course of several months as we analyze, critique, and dissect each and every Marvel film in chronological order of release. Last week, we did Iron Man 3, and this week, we'll be talking about Thor The Dark World. Just a friendly reminder. If you like what you're hearing, you can follow us wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Just search Real Talks. That's R-E-E-L Talks. Just like my name, S-T-E-E-L-E. Also, you can follow us on social media. I'm on Twitter at Wannabe rounder, LinkedIn, and on Instagram at caduto. Where can they find you, in?
1: They can find me on Instagram at frogs underscore Z at F-R-O-O-G-Z underscore Z.
0: Just a couple of quick announcements. Our Patreon channel is now live. You can find it by typing Real Talks into the search bar. Let me tell you a little about it. We're offering five different levels you can support us at. $5, $10, $20, $30, and $40. If you do choose to support us, you'll have the opportunity to get some great perks, such as your name shouted out before every podcast, cool merch, and if you're one of our major contributors, you'll get a one-hour monthly Zoom meeting with myself. For more details, just go to the website. I'll leave the link in the description. So without any further ado, let's dive into the movie. Okay, so Thor The Dark World, the sequel. I think we can both agree that sequels usually aren't as good as the original to a certain extent.
1: Yeah, this made me not want to see any more Thor movies after I saw it.
0: Yeah, it was just, and just a little on off note, today is one of uh, it's over the 41st anniversary of one of the best sequels ever made. Empire Strikes Back got released 41 years today.
1: 40 years? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I know.
0: Now you really feel old, though. <laughs> so, just an off thing. So, I, I was on Twitter, and I happened to see this, and, you know, it's been a long time, obviously, and so... The, my major Empire strike Back story was I was, like, five or six years old going to the theater. And I was playing Pac-Man at the time. And without getting into too much of it, like, I felt a tap on my shoulder. And then I turned around, there was nobody there. And I went back to playing my game. Two or three times later, I see this huge, like, six-foot figure of Darth Vader standing in front of me. I probably let out one of the loudest screams I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Blast. Who did that to No, it was just, it was somebody there dressed up as Darth Vader.
1: Oh. And he
0: scared the ever-living crap out of me as a kid. I mean, you know, it was, it was hilarious. But yeah, so sequels, there are some exceptions like Empire that are great than the original. But anyways, this sequel is not so great. Right. And so uh, I got done watching this today and I know why. So this was originally done by Marvel, and distributed by Paramount, as all of these movies will be. Had a huge budget at 150 to $170 million. Ended up grossing about 85 dollars opening weekend, which was pretty good for its time, considering it opened in November. It was a very short movie, though, at only 112 minutes, which is, you know... It's
1: pre-Titanic.
0: Yeah, this is pre-Titanic. So, yeah, everything after that was just marathon-like. So, with... About six to eight minutes of credits, you're talking about an hour and 42 minutes. The minimum a, a feature film should be, like if you're doing a three-act structure, is 90 minutes. So that tells you how short this really was. This was directed by Alan Taylor. We were just discussing. I used to watch Game of Thrones. I used like some episodes of Game of Thrones. But he used to, he did Terminator, Genesis. i well, never seen it and will never spend, waste two hours of my life to see that. And the most recent Sopranos prequel at Many Saints of Newark. And just, it was bad. It was one of those movies that I would contest that never needed to get made. So, anyway. Did you see
1: it in theaters?
0: No, I, Thor? Did I see Thor in theaters?
1: No, well, that or the Sopranos movie.
0: No, 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 I haven't seen the Sopranos movie. Because I just think that when you, and I would say the same thing about this with Solo, when you tell a, a character's backstory, sometimes you don't there's mystery behind it, and you like the mystery. It's like the Joker in that respect. You don't need to know where the Joker came from. So, you know, if you want to put little snippets in there, that's fine. But I don't need to go back when he was a kid to see how he got to become a gangster. You know, I mean, that's like giving Scarface, you know, his own <laughs> movie as a kid. It does. I don't need to know where Scarface came from. All I need to know is what he's doing now. And it takes away from the allure. So... Anyways, on that note, so it opens, and I did find some similarities to this, and so let me get your thoughts. I did, so the, it opens with another voiceover from Odin, as it did in the first one, and I think they wanted to try to be con- somewhat consistent with this. So in this one, he's talking about how his father defeated the Dark Elves and Malekith, who wanted to destroy the universe with what was known as the Ether. And basically, after he defeated them, so you had these enhanced warriors called the Curse on their homeland. And I guess the ether was hidden in some, either a stone column or a temple. And so some of the Dark Elves actually survived. And so they were suspended in what they call suspended animation. So are you a sci-fi fan?
1: Uh, Yeah, I would say so. You know, I'm a big Star Trek person. So, yeah.
0: So, but do you like the Dark Elves and, like, the the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings type of lore, I guess?
1: A little bit, yeah. I mean, I never really got into the books or anything, but I watched all the movies.
0: Okay, okay, yeah. That's like me. I, I'm not too much into it, but it's it's cool to see. So, we go back.
1: I mean, I think, like... Don't they have like in Norse mythology like they have, you know, gnomes, they have frost giants, they have they have the dark elves. So I think they brought in the frost giants. I don't think they've talked about gnomes yet, but I think they're trying to bring in the dark elves or something. So, I mean, that's where Lord of the Rings came from, I think.
0: Yeah, and that's what that's what this is, the dark elves. So, we see Loki in, on in present day Asgard. And he's there. and So we see him, once again, walking down the aisle, handcuffed. Of course, he's a prisoner because of what happened in New York from the Avengers. And there, again, you have your, uh, what did you call them the other day? The group of three. So we see them on another planet of their allies. And that was actually one of the funnier scenes is when Zora comes down and makes a you know fantastic entrance, as he usually does. And then he just, what was uh, Sif says to him, well, you got this. So he says, accept your surrender now. And he swipes him with, with one hit of the, the hammer and just breaks him into stones. Anybody else? So it just, yeah, I guess they were trying to start the comedy a little early.
1: You know, I don't like how they downplay that so much. Like, Thor has been to all these different worlds and, like, destroyed all these different things. And, like, you don't get to see... Like, I feel like they could make, like, a whole series out of that. Like, his adventures across the realms or something. Like, making friends, making buddies all across the universe.
0: Yeah, I I think that that would be an interesting... I think that would be interesting to see because I mean, there are so many worlds out there in the night. If you have one main planet, you know, and then you have all these other little realms if you will that would be interesting so we go down to London where we see Jane Foster and of course Darcy Kat Dennings she provides some comic humor to this but just like this movie just stupid
1: yeah I mean at least in Thor she was kind of
0: ditzy that's the word I want to use is ditzy go ahead
1: yeah I mean she she was kind of like the comic relief and then she you know gave the The cute names and everything, but I think she's trying a little bit too hard to kind of recapture that from the first movie.
0: Yeah, and she did, by the way, she did call the hammer Moo Moo. (laughs) Moo (laughs) Moo. She she, she did it out and just went, oh, man. So now we find out. So that's the scene. Like, Jane's at, she's on a blind date, and all you see is her looking into the the menu for like 10 minutes, and she's like, the guy's like, slides a a napkin across and says, hi, (laughs) you know? And it was just awkward, right? And so it's like, there's only three things on the menu. Fish, chicken, and vegetarian. What's wrong? So then she comes, Darcy comes in, and she's like, I I got this, look at this, look at this, you know? And it's just like...
1: It's hard to compete. She dated a god. I mean, for crying out loud. (laughs) Like, it's kind of hard for, like, normal guys to compete.
0: So... Then, yeah, isn't it? So then she says, you know, I th- so the guy says, I think I'll have the sea bass. So then she's repeating sea bass like 15 times. And it's like, if you want to just go after your friend, go after your friend. So <laughs> I guess she's trying to get back to a normal life. And, yeah, so she's like, I'm going to kill you. So he's like, you know, who's this? And you see this head pop up. Well, who's this? This is my intern. So the intern's intern. <laughs> like, come on. So, anyways, we go into that, and then so Jane goes to this abandoned factory where things seem, seems to disappear. So it's like a, a loop, and this is when the yeah.
1: Kind of, it's that game that they had like the portal gun, portal. Yeah, portal. It's kind of like that. Yeah.
0: So it starts separating. So she separates herself from the group, and she's actually teleported to another world where she's infected by the ether at this point. And that eventually wakes up Malakin.
1: I still don't know what the ether is. I never was able to figure that out. It's just kind of like...
0: An evil spirit? An evil... Like an evil... Yeah. I don't want to say... It's a cross between... Well, even Venom was like goo. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't even know.
1: It's it's really hard to define everything that's evil in this movie. I think it was just so they could show off Thor's abs. That's the whole point of the movie. Because, like, all the previews, if you remember back in the day, it was, like, him in, like, taking off his shirt.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. Well, they had to appeal to both genders. The guy's getting ripped, you know.
1: I guess, I mean, at least if he's, like, putting all that effort in, good for them, but still.
0: So the Asgardians learn about this conversion, which is the rare alignment of nine, the nine realms which we're talking about. And as the event approaches the portal's link and this is where so then you see Helmdor and Thor having a conversation she disappears because Helmdor can see all of the the people and he asks about her and then so she gets transported to Asgard and so at that point the healers don't know so she's in this I won't say cat she's laying on a table and even the, the healers don't know what is wrong with her because she has so much energy. But yeah. So then they're saying, oh, well, she's she's going to die it's because of this thing. You know, Unless they get it out. And of course, Odin is like, look, you have a wife here. Why do you care about this Earthling? Right. And so, as I said, Malekith is awoken from that. And then, of course, they go and try and attack Asgard. And they do. And, but this is where one of the... So, This is where the mother, played by Rene Russo, actually dies.
1: Yeah, that's one of the major plot points I think that they keep reiterating across multiple movies is the death of that mother. Like, you know, the death of their father and their mother.
0: Yeah. She could actually wield a sword pretty good. (laughs) I was kind of shocked. Not this, you know,
1: because it's difficult.
0: I mean, those things are heavy and they're bulky, but she was able to do it really well.
1: You know, that's another thing, is, like, wasn't she Loki's, like, magic teacher? Why didn't she, like, use more, like, pew, pew, pew?
0: Well, th- that was the thing. Like, so, originally, when Malachi came in, and he was going after Jane. Well, he was, Malachi was approaching her, and, like, she wasn't there. So, she was actually doing a spell to transport her. Of course, that wasn't the real Jane, so, and then, yeah was to protect her. So Asgard gets busted up a little, to say the least. They were attacked. And then Thor wants to go on the offensive and says, look, I'll go get, we got to bring her. I'm not even going to try to pronounce these worlds. So I'm just going to say the dark world. There's <laughs> one of those, the Norse mythology. So, yeah, so he tries. He's like, look, we got to take it to the dark world. So he gets the group of three to actually help in this plan. And then, so you have them going to the dark world. And then Loki says, look, Thor goes to Loki and says, look, I need your help. And so he's like, you had, that was the running gag. Two or three people saying, well, if you betray him, we'll kill you. And it got kind of old after the second or third. I was like, All right, we got And at that point in, you knew it was going to happen. He was going to betray him. It's like, jeez, you're just telling us. Just show us already, you know. So they Thor brings or uh, Loki brings Thor and everybody to a certain spot where they can go off the world and go into the dark world. And then there is, so at this point, Loki sets a trap, and then he thinks he destroys it. Thor thinks he destroys it, but that's not the case. So Loki dies, or so we think. I mean, this guy's got to have, like, infinite lives, right? This is the second time he's died.
1: Not to mention the fact that he's kind of like a running gag and then you know that he's not going to die. So it kind of removes like the potency of it all. Like when his mom dies, I know she's dead. And like seeing like everybody's sad about that, it actually hits you. But when Loki dies, you're like, eh.
0: Speaking of that, I love, what did you think of the funeral scene? I thought that was a really cool funeral scene that they had.
1: Yeah, and I, I like the color schemes and things that they use in Asgard. I just kind of like that it's cool and clean. I, I really like that design choice. It kind of almost reminds me of Hellboy, the Hellboy movie. I think kind of the same aesthetic. They have like a group of elves or something in one of the movies. It's kind of the same aesthetic to me. Okay.
0: But yeah, I liked, I really did like the funeral scene. I like how the, you know, they shot the arrows up and it was, so the first arrow hit the little boat that it was on kind of gave me a little return of the Jedi vibes, how they, you know, Anakin burned Vader's uh, suit. But, yeah. And then you see all these arrows that were flames going up and kind of lit up the sky. And then when she's right about to get to the edge of the waterfall, she dissipates into the stars. I went, that's cool. That's, you know. And and you actually got, you felt, as you said, kind of emotional about it because you knew she wasn't coming back. So, they're on on the dark world battling Malachi and... Then, yeah, what did you think of Selvik's character <laughs> in this movie? <laughs> I wanted to, that, that was just horrible. I mean, you go from a guy that was, I won't say an intricate part of the Avengers movie, and he was a scientific brain of it, you know, he's a genius, and helps Loki out. And, this, and then this guy is running around naked. It's like...
1: It's a scene I didn't, I don't think I needed. At least... <sighs> They could have put him into like some kind of like crazy outfit, I think that would have been the same, and I didn't want to see him naked. I mean that really It
0: wasn't the nudity, it was just the stupidity of it. Like how do you I don't understand? How does this guy go crazy in three years? Like, I don't mean if you want to see him like yelling or, or doing stuff fine, erratic, fine. But I don't even see him running around with just putting this thing into the ground naked. They completely wasted his talent. So, I mean, and then he comes back. So he goes to a psych hospital. And then the way you have to use Darcy and Ian is to get him out. Oh, well, that's insane. Well, you know, and it's like he's got to play stupid. And it's like, and then on top of all that, the clerk's like one brown wallet, one key link with three keys in it, medications, various. And then he brings out these poles and it's just like, all right, but you got this guy who doesn't know him and it's like
1: God what a waste
0: anyways go ahead what was your comment
1: oh I mean it would have been funny if he had still had you know the one of the infinity stones still with him or something like you know that would have been funny but yeah maybe something to pull in from another movie I feel like yeah. instead of just like yeah X market ex, machi- ex do machina kind of situation it just didn't
0: it just didn't work for me. So back to Thor. So he battles Malachi, and there's a portal that separates them. And then, so he is going to go to Earth and try and, so it's a convergence. So basically, once everybody gets together, you have Jane and Darcy and Ian and whomever. So that Selvig actually says, okay, here's a convergence. It's going to happen here in Greenwich, or it's in London. I did find that interesting, though. So they were actually having a battle. And then one of the things was, Thor has to get on the subway. Which way to Greenwich? She's like, three stops that way. <laughs> and it's like, of course, you know, this big guy's got to go in and try and fit in this little thing or the car. Th- that's kind of humorous type of, but some of the stuff was like, all right, enough. So with the last 20 or 30 minutes is Thor and Malachi actually duking it out and, and everything else. And I don't know. I just, I did. I did find that it was that was the breakfast scene was funny though. Like when they're so after after all the he beats them and everything else, and you it kind of reminded me of the Avengers almost with
1: with the shawarma scene. Ian. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. And they're just sitting around, and so Darcy, of course, in her humor, well, he'll be back. Well, it was only two years, by the way. Well, yeah, I'll say that in a minute. And it's just like, well, it's only been two days. You know, she's kind of hoping that he'll come back. Where, and I got to just say this, where on Earth, on what planet did they think this was going to be good, that in one of the scenes where they're getting tossed through the, where Jane's using her little gizmo to knock off different soldiers, do you have Ian and, and Darcy just kiss? Because she saves his life? Or he saves her life? Like... There was nothing there to begin with.
1: There was no chemistry, and it was just like. And then the next shot
0: you see is like they're kissing, and like, oh, Selvic, like by the way, like that's supposed to be your father type of thing. Like, oh no, I, I'm doing this to your daughter.
1: Really? Where's the chemistry? Yeah, they're not good at romance. They are not good at romance. It's no, just... it,
0: there was no romance needed there. That's all. If you wanted to actually have little things to build up to it but there was just nothing there the whole movie, and it wasn't long enough. But anyways, I did find that a touching scene when Thor was in front of Odin at the end of the movie when they were talking, and so, you know, saying, well, I can't rule as a king, but, you know, he's like, well, you can keep your hammer, and, you know, so, of course, we go back to Loki. That was Loki sitting in the throne.
1: So this movie is so unmemorable. They had to have a play to remind us of what was actually going on. If you remember, like, it's just such an unmemorable movie that, you know, they had to, like, say, like, oh, by the way, this is what happened in the last movie in Thor Ragnarok. It's just, it was such a bad movie. Yeah.
0: So the, the mid credit scene, there were two credits. There were two scenes after the, the credits. The first one was, and this is the first time we see Benicio Del Toro as a collector and so Valstaf and sif go there and entrust the ether to his care and with the tesseract already in asgard you know saying having two infinity stones so close together would be dangerous and as they leave so the ether to answer your question it's an infinity stone if i'm not mistaken and i could be wrong about that because if i'm not i believe and i could be wrong like i said i think it was so do you remember fast voting in Endgame when he breaks the Tesseract Thanos to get the Infinity Stone that could be because I don't know which one it is that's the only so it has to be an Infinity Stone that's the only thing I can think of I don't know which one it is though So so and, and Sif go to the Collector and entrust Ether into his care commenting that with, with the Tesseract already having two Infinity Stones so close would be dangerous And as they leave, the collector remarks, one down, five to go. So he was actually trying to rule the galaxy, too, at some point. And as we find out later on, it didn't work out for him. But it's just, yeah, this movie just, I got to be honest, it was just
1: bad. Was there anything you liked about it?
0: Not really.
1: There was one scene I liked. Okay. The one scene with Loki, not... How he was so sad for his mother. That was the first time that I've ever seen him like care about another person. Like,
0: no, so it's the reality stone.
1: Okay. That's what it is.
0: So it is the reality stone. That is why I don't know. So yeah. Go, I'm sorry. So caring about his mother after she passed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, the fact that he was actually trying to hide it, I think, was a good son i mean he seems to care about thor but he keeps trying to like kill him or like trick him all the time but like i think that's the person he genuinely wanted to be happy someone that he actually really liked and didn't have any underlying issues with so i yeah. think that was
0: no i was gonna say even she even said something interesting in the uh, when she was locked up or not locked up she went to his cell once and she said something about odin and he's loki says, well he's not my father and then she says, well, then, if he's not your father, I'm not your mother. Like, it kind of thrown it back in his face. Like, if, he's, if he didn't so you calling us step-parents, essentially. <laughs> you know, but no, I, I agree with you. I, I just, you're right. And, and the word in is unmemorable. This movie is so unmemorable that it's just lower tier, and that's what it is. And I think, to be absolutely honest with you, I think Alan Taylor was ready for a Marvel movie. He got, he did some, I'm not going to say it was all his fault, right? Because, look, if you have a bad script, it's like having a bad recipe. You're going to just put the ingredients in, and it's going to taste miserable when you, you finish it. I just think this was a bad script all the way around. And when you get somebody to make a Terminator movie that, frankly, the franchise was dead, It was dead after, when Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines came out. Okay? And then you want somebody to come in and make a Marvel movie. Well, Marvel, up to this point, had all this success with Iron Man and the Avengers and, you know, Iron Man 2. All this success. And Thor, this was only his second movie. So this was kind of like a major... Thor wasn't the best movie in the world, but it was a good origin story. And... For this guy to to make this kind of a movie, and it's like...
1: I kind of wonder why they gave it to him. I wonder why they kind of took that risk with him.
0: Because you got to understand, remember, Game of Thrones was huge at the time. Game of Thrones was huge. And this was made in 2013. So Game of Thrones was like right in its peak. And they said, well, you know, this guy is pumping these TV shows out like there's no tomorrow. Not like there's no tomorrow, but he's he's having success in it. And this show is doing well. And I think the other thing too is when you translate a television director who's only doing 30 to 40 minutes an episode or 45 minutes an episode, and then you're having to have him hold a 90-minute script. And that's why it was so short. Let's face it. I mean, it was like right at 90-some-odd minutes. That's a major problem unless it's so tight unless it's made so well that it just goes by like that. Right. And I think the problem is they grabbed somebody that was just doing TV and he hadn't made the transition. And then when they see the Terminator movie, bombed. And let's call that what it is, kids. It bombed. It was a flop. And then they said, okay, well, that was just a one-time thing. Everybody has a bad day at the office. And the many saints of Newark bombed.
1: Yeah, I don't think I mean he's probably never gonna get a second chance, no. I was
0: just gonna say, he will never get it and that's why how many years? It's been nine years. Have you never seen him direct another Marvel movie. Yeah. Ever. It's a lot of money. hundred and fifty million dollars. No, it took me wrong. I made money back four times over, but still
1: It's the it's a forgettable movie nobody remembers. Like no one's like, Oh yeah, that's my favorite movie. Like, I don't know anyone who would... And yeah,
0: this is this gets one film film reel <laughs> this, this gets the basic bare minimum of one reel because do we have to,
1: to give them a one like can we do a zero <laughs>
0: this is going to get a one and it has to yeah not even it deserves at least a one just for the the trying of it i mean look obviously you have to fail in order to succeed so but it gets one film one film reel for me it just it was bad and you can't blame anybody but the script the screenplay because they should have they should have known better part of this was i think it was a combination of everything i think mean, part of it was lazy screenwriting i think that part of it was lack of character development okay you didn't have selvik actually become himself and back to being selvik until the third act so you wasted 60 minutes of his talent even though he wasn't in the whole thing you had just horrible chemistry in darcy and ian And then he had some stupid payoff there at the end. You know. So. But the other credit scene. Post credit scene. Was Thor coming back. And actually. You know. You see them. And it was actually funny. Because one of the creatures. Actually went through the time warp. And was actually starting to destroy London. But yeah. So. I mean. Now Thor's back on Earth. So. Yeah. But this movie was just. It's. It's bad. So. But. So, I mean, I don't think it's anything. I mean, we can't really, we can always go on with these uh, descriptions of how bad it is, but yeah. Don't waste 90 minutes. I'm going to say this right now. Don't waste 90 minutes of your life. Don't Watch one it. of
1: the, read the summary online. Exactly. <laughs> read the summary <laughs> online. I just
0: gave you the whole movies, but look at this plot. Plots I mean, so, but I will say this. We have exciting things on the horizon. We have, coming up next week, we have Captain America: Winter Soldier, which I said this to you coming in. I had one to watch the first two acts. This is a top five Marvel movie for me, and I really believe. And I'll say this in this in that podcast. I'll tease it now, though. I really believe this was a turning point for the MCU because if they don't go out and get the Russos to make a great, not just a good, but a great movie, Marvel sunk. It had its run, but it sunk. I really believe that. And subsequently, they've gone on and directed four pictures that are just top 10 of all time. So, yeah. And then if you haven't heard the Jeff Aiken interview, go check that out. I had a great interview with Jeff Aiken. He's got the Starfleet Leadership Academy, his own podcast. It's great. Go check that out. It's going to be a blast there. So. Are you looking forward to next week in Captain America Winter Soldier already? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I could definitely tell. All right. So, for David Steele and Mm -hmm. Ian Cargart, you've been listening to.